And welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today, I will be your host. Today's podcast, we are actually talking about the NBA season here. And essentially what I am doing here is just uh, pretty much talking about the season opening here. I know we are already about two or three games in, but I figured I'd go ahead and talk about some of the big stories here in the NBA um, leading into this season here. So I first and foremost want to go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform. I want to thank the sponsors out there for putting sponsorship on the show. And then I want to thank the fans out there for actually chiming in on a week-to-week basis here to go ahead and help us drive content to the show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the topic here. And today, again, we are focusing on the NBA season here. And uh, let us start off with probably one of the the bigger storylines here was uh, the Golden State Warriors here. Essentially, you saw what happened there uh, with the uh, incidents between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green and the fight and all that stuff like that or whatever you call that. Um, But the fact of the matter here is that Golden State is the first team I want to talk about here because uh, I think that Golden State, again, is going to be hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy yet again. Um, They are my uh, preseason favorite here. Uh, Much like last season, I thought they were going to win. I think this year they're going to win here again. Uh, They went ahead and signed Jordan Poole and then also to Andrew Wiggins to a big year. This is the first year that they will get Klay Thompson back after so many injuries here. Uh, Yes, they did lose out on Gary Payton II there and Otto Porter Jr., but they do gain back Jamie Wiseman here. And then it's another year of Kaminga here as well. And uh, with that being said, I really like the Warriors here. You know, I've said it before on the podcast and you guys can listen to other podcasts here that I said years ago when the Lakers made the all in move for Anthony Davis. You know, I thought that they were going to leverage their future and I thought Golden State wasn't done. And basically, Golden State pretty much kept their core together and got younger. And I think that when you're looking at Golden State, I think that their window now that because they they continue to build around their core and those players have come into winning environments and they've won rings as well. Uh, You know, this is a team that I think their window is going to be open. I I can't even put a cap on it. I mean, it it looks like that they are going to be around for like another decade or so, Uh, because essentially when you look at the Warriors and you look at their young nucleus, Uh, These players are players that could be starters on any NBA franchise here um, or at least big time contributors. So I like Golden State here. Um, You know, I don't think there's too many teams in the West that are going to knock them off here, uh, especially with some of the things that have happened to some of the franchises that were uh, a threat last year. You know, Memphis maybe is the one team that came back intact and so did the Timberwolves, which we'll talk about them here in a little bit. And then uh, you look at teams that have been there like the Phoenix Suns uh, with all the stuff that has gone on in the offseason there. That looks to be a a bit rough there. You look at Utah breaking up. um, You look at the Lakers and the struggles that they're ultimately going to have. I think Portland's in trouble as well. Um, I just think that Golden State is the best team, um, you know, pretty much in the West. And I think that 
now that you look at Boston, I, I think that that might be the best team in the East here. So uh, we'll move forward here with the next storyline here, and that is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks here. Last time we saw them, they were in Game 7 of the conference semifinals here, and they lost to the Eastern uh, champions here, the Celtics here, but that was without Chris Middleton here. Um, well, a little bit of a... <laughs> a familiar start here they're without chris middleton yet again here so uh that's been key for the bucks here he's uh, been a guy that's usually been solid there from a health standpoint but the last couple seasons uh, he's been injured um you know that's definitely tough for the milwaukee bucks i think that they struggled a bit especially when it was just Giannis and uh you know the rest of the guys there I think that Chris Middleton pretty much brings uh you know another it factor to the Bucks, and I think that you know he could be huge for them you know down the stretch here so they definitely need him to be healthy um I think that right now they're probably the second best team in the east um but they were right there with the Celtics. You know, it wouldn't have surprised me if they would have beat the Celtics last year. And I think they could have with Chris Middleton. But you have to take your hats off to the Celtics here. I love the fact that they went out and got Joe Ingles here. So as soon as Joe Ingles is able to recover here um, from his, you know, torn ACL here, I think they're going to get some good size here, experience and some shooting ability. That's going to help to go around Giannis here. Uh, Grace Grayson Allen's had a breakout season as well. I think he's trending to have a pretty good season this year. And I like Milwaukee here to possibly contend in the East. Uh, right now, I think they're the second best team only because of health, you know, and I think that that could definitely change. And obviously the team that they are here in October is not the team that they're going to be uh, come April. Next up, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers here. So the big story with the Clippers when I look at them is the fact that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are hopefully healthy here. So far, uh, it looks like Kawhi Leonard has um, essentially kind of one of those things where he's maybe not playing back to back. Uh, if you did look at the game where he played against the Lakers, he, he came out, he looked pretty excellent to me. Um, Paul George looked himself, I believe he scored 36 in that game here. And the bottom line is this, I, I mean, they definitely got better by adding John Wall to the mix with the experience there. Um, I think that to go along with Reggie Jackson, that's excellent here. They still have Marcus Morris Sr. who had a breakout season last year. Zoo Box is out there as well. The one thing with the Clippers is that they have been together for quite some time here. And it's one of the deepest teams, I think, in the league here. And essentially, with the, the Clippers, the bottom line is they have to be healthy. Um, they're one of the teams that I think is built a top heavy. And when I say top heavy, that means that they have a lot of star power. Now, as those stars start to miss games, because of the mentality of the Clippers, they actually play pretty well. And honestly speaking, they could have probably made the playoffs. Um, you know, they lapsed the last two games. Paul George missed with COVID. But bottom line, this is a team that I thought really, they really had no business even being in the play-in. But for them to show that much heart with all the people that got hurt last year, that really shows you the potential of the Clippers here. Many people think if there is an upset in the West, it would be the Clippers. Uh, I would have to agree that that probably is going to be, I think, my uh, dark horse pick if I were to have one here of a team that could possibly leap out of the West somehow. 
Uh, certainly, I think that they could be in the Western Conference Finals here, but I think it's all going to come down to health. Um, obviously, what happens to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are going to be critical, I think, for the Los Angeles Clippers. Next up, the Boston Celtics. I've obviously mentioned them a couple times here, and I've mentioned that I was going to talk about it here on the show here. So the big thing with the Celtics here is that they um, don't have their head coach right now. So they have a, a new rookie head coach here, obviously, um, you know, with... Uh, you know, the suspension here of uh, Coach Aduka here and the fact that uh, they're now going to have to go with Joe Mazzula here uh, coming in, who is actually, I think his experience has been with uh, Division Two in college hoops here. And he's also been on some staffs as well. I remember him as a player, too. And um, what you're seeing here in the first three games is that Boston is good. Okay, and they're playing a lot like how they would play if their regular coach were there. Um, so that tells me that Boston is locked in here. The problem that I'm going to have with Boston here is that uh, it's just the lack of depth here. If Tatum were to miss games, which he generally doesn't, but if Jalen Brown misses uh, games, if Marcus Smart misses games, you know, anybody in that core misses some games. I think that that could be a little bit of a setback here for the Boston Celtics. The fact that they don't have uh, Robert Williams, who is out with a knee surgery here, that's going to be tough. Grant Williams looks like he is the breakout player uh, of the year here for the Celtics thus far. And then you have to wonder what are they going to get with Malcolm Brogdon coming over here? Um, used to, well, he was the rookie of the year here. Um, he averaged 19 points and 5.9 assists last season for the Pacers here before uh, he was traded here. So, um, you know, this is a situation here where obviously, you know, they're getting past the suspension of their head coach. They're going to have to stay healthy. They're heavily favored to come out of the East. They look the part right now. Um, definitely, this is my pick to come out of the East right now. But Milwaukee is right there. Next up, the Philadelphia 76ers, who are 0-3. Um, you know, at this point in time, this is a tough situation because you look at Joel Embiid and James Harden, I think this is the first full season for them being together as teammates, but uh, it's a little uh, scary, to say the most, to know that Joel Embiid uh, already has had an injured foot here. Um, I think he's had the planters in, in his foot there. So that's a tough injury for anybody, especially if you're running up and down the court there. Um, and, you know, the key, I think, has always been, is Joel and Joel Embiid going to be able to stay healthy? Is he's able to stay healthy and locked in? I think the Sixers have a great chance here. And then you look at the fact of, you know, they have Tobias Harris. Um, he's actually had to, to kind of go back to that that fourth score but at times they kind of need him to be you know a second scorer uh, so still trying to figure that out I think Tyrese Maxey has become a lot better a player there as well and so they now have PJ Tucker who is probably their biggest addition here uh, so defensively they've gotten a little bit better and so the question with this team is Joel Embiid's health can they continue to sustain a good defense here in the postseason? And will they get the James Harden of the 
of the regular season in the postseason, that's going to be huge, I think, for the Sixers if they are to come out the East. Uh, next up here, the Grizzlies, definitely one of the teams that I think could possibly come out of the West here and a team that in all intents and purposes here may have gotten better, even though they had some addition or some subtractions here. Um, they've gotten rid of the Anthony Melton here, uh, traded him away, but they did bring in Danny Green and uh, David Rowdy here, um, the number 23rd overall pick here, and they still have another year here with Zaire Williams. Uh, they're going to get hopefully a year of Dylan Brooks back uh, once he comes back here from the injury. So, you know, this is a team here that obviously they're not looking to have a sophomore, sophomore slump uh, so to speak here in the playoffs they're looking to you know go deep they're obviously looking to contend here with Golden State they did give Golden State I think all they could handle here and uh, they're hoping that some experience here will help them get past there um, I'm not sure about that you know I think that the one thing with them is going to be John ja Morant you know can John ja Morant stay healthy you know he plays with a lot of force a lot of power led the league in the paint and it showed you know he definitely took the the nicks and bruises there and he was hurt there late so you know that's the one thing when you think about it you look at uh alan iverson i remember him back in the day here's a guy that lived in the paint uh, he also got beat up a lot as well in there too so that's one of the things that you have to worry about with john Morant here i'm looking to see is he able to knock down more jump shots uh, and continue to get more people involved next up the Denver Nuggets here so the Nuggets get Jamal Murray Michael Porter Jr. back here and so hopefully they're thinking that this will be a big addition for them now you know the bottom line for them is just that you know their number one addition here in the offseason is Bruce Brown who I think was terrific coming over here from the Nets obviously with the departure of Will Barton and Monte Morris here uh, you have Bones Highland coming off the bench here um, you know those it, pretty much they've reconstructed their whole bench here um, now the the big issue is are they going to get Michael Porter Jr. Uh, for a full season are they going to get him for the longevity here remember a lot of teams passed on him because of his back issues here since he was drafted in 2018 here he's only played in 129 games due to injuries here um, so keep in mind he missed his entire rookie season there as well so uh, you know he has signed the five-year max here in 2021 and so I think that this is kind of like one of those make or break it years here for Michael Porter Jr. He's really got to show that he's worth the max amount of money here or else I think the Nuggets are really going to have to move on here, uh, especially in the Joker's prime here. But it is going to be a tough uphill battle here in the West. Next up, the Phoenix Suns here. So the Phoenix Suns, I, I think really the one thing that kind of is, is kind of the cloud here over the franchise is basically number one, what happened with their owner there and essentially him having to own or pretty much sell the franchise. It looks like he's looking to sell the franchise here. Um, you know, and it's tough when you look at the fact of, you know, the workplace uh, conduct, which led to the one year ban, the $10 million fine, and now he's going to pretty much sell the team here. So, um, you know, it, it sounds like that's that was a tough situation here. Then Jay Crowder here uh, doesn't want to accept the bench role here. 
um, for Cam Johnson. So now they're looking to trade him. I thought he was a huge uh, contributor here to Phoenix and the defensive mindset and what he does here. You look at the fact that uh, Monty Williams and DeAndre Aiden, they didn't want to pay DeAndre Aiden to the last minute. I mean, that was an ugly situation here. Uh, they were looking to possibly trade for Kevin Durant. I, I mean, it's just, it, it. the whole energy of the franchise is different there. You look at the first game, uh, they did end up winning it. Or not the first game, the second game against the, the Mavs. They end up winning it in a comeback victory. They're a struggling Chris Paul in that one. And you can just tell the energy is just kind of a little bit different here with Phoenix. And I think it's going to be a tough uphill battle for them in the West. Uh, just with so much things outside of the basketball court uh, and things that kind of need to be mended, um, you know, between coach and player. I think that that could be critical for the Phoenix Suns in a tough Western conference here. And, you know, the fact that they really didn't have too many additions here, um, you know, it's it's going to be tough for them. Next up, the Miami Heat here. So the Miami Heat essentially didn't really add too much of anything here. But I think the key story for them is Cal Lowry. You know, if Cal Lowry is a healthy here, then obviously I think that Miami is going to pretty much go far here. Now they do lose PJ Tucker here. They lose a bit of their defensive, uh, you know, muster, but uh, they still have Bam Ayabayu. They still have Tyler Hero. They still have Jimmy Buckets. Um, they still have Max Struces here, um, Duncan Robinson, a lot of shooters here. So they're deep. It's just a matter of getting back to that point here and possibly getting back to the finals again. Remember folks, they were close here. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals here, I think last time we saw them, um, and they got beat by the Celtics here. So they're right there on the cusp here. Hopefully Miami can push through here. Uh, injuries, definitely, but Cal Lowry, for sure, it has got to be the guy um, in the, the Miami Heat's <clears throat> Uh, roster here that that has to have a big season in order for them to move forward next up the Dallas Mavericks here so listen the Mavericks had a, a great run here the farthest they've ever made it uh, since Dirk Nowinski was playing here and that's been quite some time here look you get a full year with Spencer DeWittle more importantly they made a huge deal for Christian Wood who I think is going to be uh, the beneficiary of a lot of open looks, whether he comes off the bench uh, or he starts either way. I think that that was an upgrade from uh, Porzingis here. So I like what they have there. I know that they lose Jalen Brunson, who is very talented here, but they do get Tim Hardaway Jr. back. And maybe it's a little bit of a blessing here that they don't have Jalen Brunson because he really didn't really figure out how to play with Luka Doncic on the floor. Uh, I think that was a tough situation for him. Uh, I think it would have been a tough situation moving forward here. And I think that, look, I like for the first time here the pieces that they have put around Luka Doncic here. I clearly think that there may be uh, maybe one defender away here from making some serious noise here. But it would be a disappointment here if Dallas does not make it at least to the second round of the playoffs here, especially with Luka Doncic being an MVP candidate. Next up here, you have the Brooklyn Nets here. Uh, it's pretty much drama there with the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, essentially, there's a lot of different things going on here. First and foremost, you've got to wonder 
what are you going to get from Ben Simmons? Thus far, he's looked pretty good. You know, you have Seth Curry, uh, a great shooter here. You're hoping that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving continue to stay healthy here. They're going to be huge here. Uh, but I just think that as far as the lack of depth, I think that that's going to hurt the Nets here. Um, you know, it's it was a weird offseason there. Kevin Durant wanted to be traded, then he didn't want to be traded. Kyrie Irving looked like he was going to take lesser money and leave here. Um, you know, I know winning kind of heals everything here, but it just seems like not a lot of players there are really trusting Steve Nash here. And I just, this is a roster where I, if one of these stars goes down, I think the Nets are in trouble. I really do. And so I think it's going to be a tough season for the Nets. Um, I, I don't see them winning the East. Honestly, I, I mean, I would be shocked if they're in a play-in situation again, you know, but I don't expect them to be in the Eastern Conference Final. I'm thinking maybe they're like a, maybe a, a fifth, sixth, uh, maybe seventh seed here um, in, the, in, the, in the NBA this year. Next up here, you have the Minnesota Timberwolves here. And so the Timberwolves probably had one of the most impressive off seasons here in going out and getting Rudy Gobert here uh, to go along with uh, Anthony Edwards, who I think is probably on the rise to being in that top five category in the NBA as far as players overall. D'Angelo Russell here. You got Carl Anthony Towns who won the three-point contest here. So you know, the situation with them is that uh, first and foremost, I think they've got to get a little bit more out of D'Angelo Russell here. Um, you know, he was a big addition here coming over for Wiggins here. Uh, he's entering the final season of his contract here. And, you know, the bottom line is this. He had a pretty good season here shooting inside the arc of 49% here. Um you know, he shot, what, 39% in threes here in 2020-21. Um, you know, but hey, they've just given an extension here to Gobert. And I think this is one of those situations where if he struggles here, I think you could see that the Timberwolves maybe move on from him. Now, if he's able to gain what he had with the Nets here in his most improved year, this is going to be a scary, scary, scary team here. Now, the one thing with the, the uh, Timberwolves that I will say is that they do get complacent there. They'll be up by 20, but every single game last year, especially in the playoffs, they let teams come right back into it. And that's the one thing that you just cannot do here. So they're still trying to figure it out here. I don't think that you're going to see Rudy Gobert in situations where uh, you know, he was kind of compromised a little bit defensively and offensively there with Utah here. Uh, it looks like, you know, he fits in perfect here with the scheme that the uh, the Timberwolves want to run here. So I like that addition here. He's certainly going to make them tougher there from an interior standpoint. And so they've gotten better defensively, no doubt about it. Uh, they still got to figure themselves out a little bit here offensively here. Um, and be a little bit more consistent. Next up, you have the Cleveland Cavaliers here. So with the Cavaliers, the one thing that I will say with them is that they've surely won the offseason as well, bringing over Donovan Mitchell. I love what they have in Evan Mobley. Love Darius Garland. Love Jared Allen. Love Chris LeVert. And they still have Kevin Love too as well. Um, this is a team that is going to be scary, 
scary, scary, scary, scary. And, you know, last year I, they fell off. But this year with Donovan Mitchell there, I don't see that happening with the leadership there. I expect Cleveland uh, to really be in uh, the hunt. And I'm talking about this is the first time that I'm going to say Cleveland's going to be in the hunt since LeBron James was there. Like they have a legit chance of going out here and uh, really making some damage here uh, in the Eastern Conference. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to come out of the East, but I certainly think that they, it wouldn't shock me if they're within the last four in the East. Uh, I'm serious here. So uh, with that young core here and Donovan Mitchell, I think that they're going to be highly, highly competitive. Next up, the New Orleans Pelicans here. Another team that is going to be scary in the West Zion Williams looks terrific. CJ McCollum uh, always looks great here. Brandon Ingram is looking better and better each year. You're looking at the bench here. They got Devontae Graham. Um, they got uh, Jose Alvarado here. Um, man, it, it's so many. Herb Jones. They have so many weapons here. And this, again, is why you do not trade away your draft capital and this comes on the hills that when they traded Anthony Davis, uh, David Griffin is cashed in uh, perfectly on all these picks here. And the Pelicans look good, even though I know Zion went down here today. Um, you know, I'm going to look at the extent of that injury. But, you know, thus far, I like the Pelicans. I like their long term goal here. I think that they're going to make some noise here. I know they're not going to sneak up on people. But certainly, I, I think that they are right in the midst of being a very, very good basketball team. And you have to know that they're going to attract more free agents. They have more draft capital as well. Zion Williams is going to get better as he gets his legs under him. I mean, I think that this is going to be uh, a tough, tough team to beat. A hard out in the playoffs for sure. The Toronto Rafters here. Okay, that's next up. So the Toronto Rafters here... Obviously, they have Scotty Barnes. They have Pascal Siakam. They have OG Anobly here. Um, so, you know, with them, I, I think that they're going to be in there in the East. I expect them to, to be within, you know, that eighth seed play-in spot here. Um, essentially, it's the same team minus Kawhi Leonard here. And, you know, the question is, do they have enough? And I'm going to say, no, they don't. Uh, I think that they're probably a superstar away here. I think the big thing with them is that uh, with Siakam, um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, that he's really proved that he's just a player that can just take over games just yet. Uh, he still hasn't developed into that. Although they do have Otto Porter there for the, the shooting aspect here. He's going to give them a, a better uh, outside chance as far as knocking down three-point shots with uh, Van Fleet here. And they're going to be in a lot of basketball games because they're, they're very well coached here by Nick Nurse. But, uh, you know, this is a situation where I think just the bottom line is this. You know, they just they're in a tough, tough situation there in the East and they just don't have enough. Uh, next up, the Atlanta Hawks here. So the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young, Devontae Murray, uh, the addition from uh, San Antonio, John Collins, Clint Capella here. So this is a team that with Dejounte Murray here, you know he's obviously going to be able to take the ball out of Trey Young's hand, and Trey Young can be a little bit more of a two guard here. 
you know, from the interior standpoint, they have rim running bigs here, which I love about that. And so the one thing that I don't like here is that they let Kevin Herter go, who I thought was a terrific player, a great shooter, brought some toughness here. But make no mistake about it here. I think Atlanta does return back to where they were not last season, but the year before here. So I think they're going to be a playoff team here. Um, but I think that they can actually make some real damage here if they are able to get into the playoffs here because they're a team that's a little bit more hard to guard now because Trey Young can play off the ball and there's another player out there that can go out and individually get 20, 30, 40 points a game. So I like that about Atlanta. I like how they pretty much constructed their backcourt here. Could be a scary backcourt. Next up, the Chicago Bulls here. So the Bulls have Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan here, uh, Vujicic, and Lonzo Ball, who is currently out with knee surgery here. So Ayo Desumi, to me, is the breakout player here. Um, you know, I think the bottom line here is that, um, you know, the Bulls have a pretty good supporting cast here with Caruso, uh, Desumi, uh, they have Goran Dragic that they brought over here in free agency. They got Andre Drummond here. Um, you know, they have Terry here that they, they drafted as well out of Arizona. And, you know, it, it's can the Bulls, can the Bulls shoot better than what they did before? I mean, they are built with slashers and scores, but when teams go to more of a zone defense, the Bulls have got to be able to knock down some jump shots, and that was the key for them. If they're able to get some more knockdown shooting, then they're going to be fine, and they're a scrappy team, very well coached here, and they can do it. But, you know, the question mark is, do they get the shooting here? They have Kobe White. They have Patrick Williams. It's time for those players to actually step up here. The New York Knicks, okay, so with the Knicks, R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson here, um, the Knicks, they are more exciting than ever, okay, with Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and Randle. This is the year that I think the Knicks can possibly get back into the playoffs here. I'm shocked if the Knicks don't get there, okay, because they have Coach Thibodeau there, this is probably, I think they have more offensive firepower than they had when they did make the playoffs and have that terrific year here. There's less pressure on Julius Randle here. And I think with Jalen Brunson, he brings that leadership. He's been in big moments here. He's going to make it a lot easier for RJ and these guys to play. He brings a certain level of scrappiness with him which is what Thibodeau loves to have here. You pair that with the young guys that they have with Toppin quickly. This is a team here uh, that is ready to go. And Derrick Rose has come back from injury as well. Experience, uh, it's deep all of a sudden here. I like the Knicks' chances here of possibly making some noise. Next up here, the Los Angeles Lakers here. So with the Lakers, um, you know, the Lakers are a team that is just like the Nets. Honestly, I think they they mirror the Nets. They really do. It's it's pretty much drama-ridden there. Um, you know, a lot of their situation has to do with the fact of injuries there and fit as well, you know, because you look at the fact that Russell Westbrook is a heck of a player. 
And the fact of the matter is, when you look at his numbers, I feel like if he were to be with just about any other roster, it would work for him, you know? And it's just a tough situation right now because he's placed in situations where he has to be a knockdown shooter. He's more of a guy that with, likes to play with the ball in his hand and loves to go hard at the cup. And with his passion, his aggression, I love how he plays, but it just is a tough situation to be in here in LA. And I just, I don't think that this works. I think that essentially they're gonna have to trade him. Um, and not just him, I think Anthony Davis has to be traded as well. You know, because you're looking at the fact he took a hard fall here just the other night. Um, Anthony Davis here, you know, he's missed a lot of games here. Um, you know, he's wanting to play all 82 games here. And, you know, it's it, it's tough to see the Lakers getting better without making some major movements here. I mean, they've traded away all their draft capital and everything else. And they've really never gone out. They never got shooters. And at this point in time, I just think that, you know, you you won that way with the bubble championship. I get it. But now that Golden State essentially is better, and this is one thing that you had to know, but they went all in for that one year where other teams were setting themselves up for, you know, the next 10 years. And so I think at some point the Lakers are going to have to trade uh, Anthony Davis and I think they're going to have to get as much as they can get now to get into possibly a loaded draft class for next season or at least start to fuel themselves and get themselves ready for the next couple seasons with the draft picks but I think that they're going to struggle struggle mightily especially when it comes down to injuries and things like that next up here you have the Sacramento Kings here so with the Sacramento Kings I think that this could be one of the best teams uh young teams in the league I love King and Murray I love his draft status I love the fact that they have De'Aaron Fox here and there's so many good things that the the uh the Sacramento Kings have I think this is the year that the Kings get out of the bottom of the west now do I think that they're going to make the playoffs no could they make a possible play-in situation? Absolutely they can. Because to be honest with you, I think that Keegan Murray might be one of the best uh, players in this year's draft. And by the way, I want to talk about this on a, another podcast that I think that this NBA draft, I'm going to go out and say it, it might be one of the best draft classes of all time when we look back at it. Um, you look at the fact that what the Magics have with... Um, uh, ben Cheryl. You look at the fact of what Detroit was able to draft there with Jaden Ivey. Um, man, you look at the fact of, you know, Jabari Smith, like, and then here with Keegan Murray, there's so many great players in this draft. And I think players that are going to be impact players for the next 10 years or so, um, man, it, it is so such a good draft class but we'll talk about that in another uh, podcast here and speaking of which you know the last team last team that I want to talk about here today is going to be the Detroit Pistons here um again I just talked about Jaden Ivey here um and also too they got Jalen Duran here as well these two 
uh, rookies, man, I think are going to go perfect here with Cade Cunningham here. This, it, it is now starting to take form for Detroit. This is a team where I think that they are no longer going to be the bottom of the East, not, not for very long. You know, I love the fact that they got those two young players. Um, you know, they bring over um, what is uh, from Utah. They bring over uh, Bogon here, the shooter here. He's played well here the, the last couple games here. Jaden Ivey looks like he possibly could be challenging Benchero for the Rookie of the Year, although I think Benchero is probably going to be the Rookie of the Year, uh, having gone out and done what LeBron James, um, only LeBron James was able to do in his rookie debut here. Listen, it, the, 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 the sky is the limit for Detroit here. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to make the playoffs or even make a play-in situation. But you will no longer go into Detroit and think that that is just going to be an automatic win. That is going to be a tough out. They're only going to get better. You know, as they continue to get more young talent here um, and then also to free agents, I think Detroit is right on the path here to be very good. And so with that being said, um, that is today's podcast. I just wanted to briefly kind of go over loosely some of the teams here and storylines uh, of the NBA here. I'll be back with another show here where I'll be breaking down a little bit more on the NBA draft class uh, that is coming out and how they're doing thus far. I also want to talk about uh, pretty much a little bit more of a breakdown on a conference by conference standpoint and expectations there, but very excited here for the NBA season here. Um, definitely been some great games thus far and I think the theme that you're going to see out there as an NBA fan is that this draft class mark my word I think will go down as one of the best draft classes uh, to ever lace them up and that's I'm serious because these guys are very good uh, they're coming in they're being day one contributors here and we're going to talk about that for sure so um, I first, uh, before we actually get out of here, I want to thank Anchor for being our platform here. I want to thank the sponsors out there for putting sponsorship on the show. And I want to thank the fans out there who have chimed in on a week to week basis to help us drive content to the show here. So um, for myself, this is Rico with Real Talk Sports. Um, looking forward to coming back with some more shows. All right. Take care.